0: Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko, uh, the podcast where we talk about coffee, uh, but with coffee professionals, and it's not just about coffee. Um, if you're new, I'm grateful that you're here. Um, if you're new, I'm grateful that, that you're here. Um, feel free to reshare this as a story and repost it as we try to grow this uh, coffee community family. Uh, for all of you who are not new, uh, welcome you back. Uh, it's always good to have you. I'm very grateful for uh, being able to share these conversations with all of you, uh, whether it's you're listen to this podcast or live. Uh, this is just going to be just another good time with an amazing coffee professional. And uh, today we have Ben Morrow and uh, he'll be tuning in with us real soon. So the the beautiful part of this is that i wanted to create a quite a communicative quite a uh, community-based podcast so feel free always to when you tune in just drop a hello uh, where you're from if you're new what's up if you're good uh, drop whatever you want on the comment section as well as questions that you have for our guests or for myself uh, the goal is just to create a conversation so i'll flick and invite to Ben. so i hope you're well i hope you're safe um uh, it's a pretty cool day out in melbourne and uh, speaking of ben i think is i think he popped in very quickly here it is um yeah so it's a bit gloomy we'll see what, what weather is like where ben is located good afternoon good morning
1: yeah, good. Right.
0: Very, very good. Very, very good. You knew it. <laughs> usually people tend to say whatever it is in their country and time zone, but it's good to see you, man.
1: Yeah, you're in Melbourne though, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, a,
1: yeah. Got, I usually have a
0: pretty good handle on what time it is, though. <laughs> uh, um, ben, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and giving us an hour of your precious time. I'm really grateful for it, and I'm really excited to have this chat, so thank you, and firstly uh, how, how are you and your family doing with this entire interesting situation?
1: Yeah, pretty good.
0: Um, you
1: know the fam- the folks are just stuck at home, so that's it's all right they're sort of just hanging out they just got a I think like a new dog maybe a year ago, so that's keeping them busy um, you know so that's all right. Friends doing all right as well um, that's- yeah, it's not it's not too bad.
0: Summer over there, so that's that's good to see a bit of sun. It's pretty yeah. pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, horrible
1: but yeah, it's been really hot here. Uh, it's been like Australia hot. Um, Australia. Yeah, I think it was like 36 or 37 degrees yesterday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I overslept because it was a cool evening, so I got up like half an hour ago. <laughs> nice, perfect,
0: yeah. perfect timing yeah. for you first sip of coffee um mm-hmm. ben uh, just for some context could you just start things off uh, tell us more about how you started uh, your amazing coffee journey
1: uh um sure well i was studying um a bachelor in uh, contemporary music at university um and then um turns out I was better at that, uh, better than that at making coffee. Um, So I sort of eventually got to a point where I was like, well, I might defer my degree and go make some money um, and see what that's like for you. Oh, is it? Can't really hear me? Can you
0: hear
1: me? I I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you probably. Yeah. must just be the general distortion of my voice.
0: That's good. Um, so.
1: But, um, yeah, so then I started in coffee. I worked at, like, a cafe bakery. Uh, I don't think it exists anymore. And then I moved from there. I got, I got interested in, um, you know, espresso and specialty coffee. Um, had a few coffees that I thought were, like, pretty amazing. Um, and through high school, I also... Uh, my high school uh, was just down the road from Veneziano Coffee Roasters, um, and people in the years above me um, worked for them, um, and still do, uh, a few of them, and yeah, so I sort of got interested, then I you know, worked for a bunch of different companies, um, thought I learned some stuff about coffee, and eventually ended up at St. Ali, and I sort of worked for the St. Ali group for eight, nine years. And yeah, through that, I did um, a whole bunch of competitions. And now I'm in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, now I have, yeah. Now I have, the, I own the company. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, we it's uh, it's funny. We, we swapped continents, you know, uh, I'm in Australia, you in Europe, but uh, it's, it's great. And I think, um, <laughs> Fancy boy, says Mr. Honey. Um, uh, we'll try our best. Uh, maybe Ben is a bit fancier than me. Um, mm. I think it's amazing. and It's just a, such a common... I keep finding it through this episode on how often is coffee finding us rather than the way around. And it's amazing how you flipped a degree. You know, you, you were so certain. Were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then you ended up in Europe roasting coffee. Yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> I mean, I
0: don't think I really had
1: planned to do to be a competitive barista. Um, a new coffee was something that I really enjoyed, so um, I was interested in it, and um, I still am. You know, I, every day is just the same thing. I work with like new products, new people. Um, mm-hmm. get to drink some amazing coffee um i'm not bad at roasting (laughs) so (laughs) it's pretty good it's good
0: yeah Yeah. it sounds good and but and to give context to the audience we we're going definitely to touch base in a minute about what you're currently doing obviously in europe going back to your competition career what well, you can, you know, you can share your results. That's fine, you know. Oh, yeah, usually, know, I of it's, 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 I know. I well, if you don't really want it's so. fine. Um, <laughs> but I mean, well, you've been doing well. And also, yeah, it's like competing is not a stroll in the park, like mentally, physically, even financially. What would you say? I think it depends what competition you decide um, that you want to compete in.
1: Obviously, I think the biggest... Uh, the biggest... Um, Ash drop is likely to be barista um, you could do I mean coffee masters for example you don't have to bring stuff which makes it a good competition um, because all you have to do is show up um, you can bring jugs and there's actually like rules that um, prevent you from bringing anything extra except um, things that you would need to make your signature beverage and that's fine. But, um, yeah, like the SBA competitions do take a lot of monetary investment unless you already have, um, previous competition stuff. And then, um, you know, you can also look, you know, five, um, uh, maybe six, seven years ago in the past. Um, if you do barista, you would still have to make every, every year you would probably likely be getting new Maison Um, and the Maison isn't cheap. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I'm doing like we've I've done a bit of everything. I've done Brewers, Barista, um, I've done yeah, Coffee Masters, I've done Latte Art, um, which we got to world level at. I mean oh and I yeah, one I won Coffee Masters twice. Um and yeah, a bunch of competitions and also, okay. you know, there's all these other side competitions that are also
0: quite fun. Yeah, and what what sir our- Like, word of advice, I suppose, uh, for people who are just getting started or for people who just are new or they want to start competing. Because, obviously, I appreciate how how you've done all these aspects and all these different categories. I think it's quite diverse. I think it's important. Mm, I would just say start doing it. Um, Probably
1: start – I mean, look, I started doing latte art competitions. um, These days, though, these damn kids, they're so good. I don't think I would be able to, be able to compete with them. But, um, but that's okay. You know, like, you just, um, I think a lot of people sort of look at competitions, they like, idolize certain people, and then it's like, I'll never be that guy. I don't think I can. Um, from my perspective, like, I, you know, I taught myself everything for, for coffee. So, you know, you can just do that. Um, it takes time. It takes hard work. It's a real grind. But you know, you get better, so um, yeah, just um, get into it, yeah, and and, and it, it, like you know, I lost a lot of competitions too, so you know, I probably competed in more than like 200, no, it'd be like more than three hundred, four hundred competitions,
0: so yeah, that's a that's a real big number. Mm-hmm. This, this light is really making <laughs> me look like a lobster. um, Keep it does. It's, like, it's like really important to have a good relationship with losing and not just losing with feedback from judges mm-hmm. because it, it could be easier to fall into, you know, dig a hole and, you know, put your head in it when you compete and you lose or you don't make it through it or mm-hmm. you receive some sort of quite harsh oh, yeah, feedback.
1: I've, yeah, I've definitely been there. Um, and I've definitely been um, a competitor that would – would scrutinize judges too, um, which, you know, like, I I don't think I would ever do that now. Um, but you know, in the past when you're, you're talking about like severe investment of time and money, um, to be told, you know, like, well, nah, it was okay. It's just like, okay. But like, you don't know anything. Like (laughs) why are you my peer in this, in this certain situation? Um, So yeah, like I mean, I I mean, I would never do that to someone now. Um, I definitely did when I was like younger, and um, you know, I probably got a bit upset. Um, I think that's also quite natural because coffee is, or coffee competitions, especially when it has to do with taste, can be so um, uh, varied in personal experience, and it would be so difficult to say that you know if you if you have. Two split shots, for example, like four espressos delivered by two portafilter filter handles. I mean, how can you say that they're like each person experienced exactly the same thing? Um, you know, I don't know if you ever have tested, but like the the likelihood of two espressos having the same TDS from a double portafilter filter bucket basket was pretty unlikely, even if you were good. Yeah. So um, by that means, you could say um, all of them are different and then play a law of average where you would say, okay, well, I know that there is deviation. Um, what is like the most, the most useful words that would describe all of the, all of the deviation as well. And then you have the accurate description. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it depends how you play the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. And, um, before we go actually on that asking, how do you prepare yourself mentally before you step on stage? Uh, I sucked myself up all night.
1: Depend- it depends, like, which competition it was. Um, because, I mean, I'm, I'm competing... Well, I was competing in this season. Um, I competed in the Brewers' Cup for the Netherlands and uh, the Brista, and I was in Cup Tasters. Um, and I made the final for all of them. So, but that... I, th- I don't think I was... Um, I didn't need to suck myself up for that. Um, I was just ready. Um, the source material that, or that all the material that I wrote, I was really comfortable with saying. So since then, I've learned a lot more. So now I'm, um, I'm starting to try to think how how can I phrase stuff a little bit better, and that does give me some nervousness because, you know, if I write a script that I'm happy with, and then on the day it's just like, oh, but yesterday I learned that this happens. And now I'm not so sure I'm so accurate, and that would give me um, some nervousness. Mm. Um, Whereas in the past, I think I would just accept what I knew, and I would deliver that as much as I could, and I would just like kind of, you know, take my nervousness and use that energy to to power the delivery of what I know, Mm. Um, which is really easy once you can change what that is. Like you know, when you get like you're going onto stage, you get butterflies in your stomachs. It's just like well. You know, if you didn't feel anything, you probably wouldn't want to do this anyway. Um, so, if you can turn the energy that you're you're feeling as like negative into a like a positive, you're ready, and you're you can use that energy and put it into a direction. Um, you will probably deliver a good performance. Yeah,
0: thank you. Lovely, and uh, that was quite uh, extensive. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's great, it's great. That's the whole purpose, Um, adding value for sure. But what I kind of gauge from you is like um, a real sense topic of self-discovery. I think that, you know, based on your experiences, you kind of hit, you know, all type of categories of competition. You have worked for several coffee shops and coffee oysters, decided to be like, yep, stuff, I'm going to go and fly 27 hours across the world. And... Believe so where... <laughs> <I think laughs> exactly. It was like thirty-five for me, I,
1: was like, <laughs> be... oh, I don't want to do that again." <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and, you know, and, and then you started. You know, you went from uh, working for someone to work for yourself and started a company roasting coffee. Mm-hmm. How important is that self discovery discovery journey, which is internal often as well, because often coffee has a vast range of not coffee, you know, what? any industry has a vast range of jobs within, you know, coffee, you can be a barista, a roaster, a sales rep, a blogger, a photographer, a competitor, you can really do lots of different things, but yeah. it's important to kind of follow your intuition and then you're like, okay, I double I double down here because this is my strengths, this is what I really enjoy. <clears throat>
1: well, I mean, it depends. So I mean, the, that's. I mean, if we're talking about self-discovery, I think I mean there's always going to be in coffee, like uh, especially when you start your own business, some level of um, necessity to learn things. You have to learn like how you're going to run sales. You have to learn how you're going to budget things. You're going to have to learn um, what kind of producers, re- producer relationship that you can handle for like your roastery at the time. I mean, you know, if you open a roastery, you're probably just going to work with traders. Um, because it's too hard to have an origin relationship. It's too much risk. Um, it's a risk for them um, if they if they give you a credit line, for example. Um, so it's just not a option. But you should be realistic about it. You have to learn these things to understand like how the cogs and the machine work. Um, you know, and in a lot of cases, the direct trade is happening. It has to be financed by another larger company anyway. So it's a direct trade. Um, that said, though, like, I mean, looking at other facets, um, you know, it could be like, all right, well, do I need like a coffee stylist? Am I good enough to deliver a product that I think represents the company? Um, looking at like how you're going to do like wholesale, um, portals, are you going to build your own website? Are you going to learn to build a website first? Um... I mean, the list just goes on. And if you're doing it yourself, um, you know, you can do the route where it's just like, okay, I will pay someone to do the stuff that I'm not good at. But then the likelihood of you saying, well, but if I stack up all the things that I'm bad at or like things that I don't know, I will have no money. Um, So you you would have to learn it. And then through that, you could probably say, all right, these are the things I actually enjoy now because I'm good at them. I just didn't know um, because it's all just like parts of different parts of the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think there's like definitely new things in the roastery that I really enjoy. Um, obviously I like roasting coffee. That's fun. <laughs> um, would, would but you also, just, you just... know, in 40 degree heat at a big roaster, you know, yeah, that's not fun. C, it's, it's uh, pretty sweaty work.
0: <laughs> you don't need the gym. I suppose what I was kind of trying to gauge as well from here is more on a generical way, because I think sometimes we we are stuck in positions where we might not be shining because our strengths are not there. And I think it's important that you kind of try all different things until you find that couple of niche, couple of positions, couple of elements that you really, really enjoy and have passions for. I mean, if you're not that passionate about latte art, maybe you should start competing for cup tasting. Uh, If you're not passionate about competing, then perhaps after trying it, you can find that true call and true passion. I mean, by trying, you find your way.
1: But who's to say that that passion is just one thing? Um, Oh, it could be multiple, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really went hard on latte art for a long time, and I really, like, just because I wanted to win so bad um, when I was, like, you know, I had, I think it was, like, a potential win. Um, I got disqualified at the Australians quite a few times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that And with winning scores, you know, so that was funny. Um, and then, yeah, like, I mean, it was just, like, sheer determination. I think the last year that I did it, that I did win the Australian and went to the Worlds, so I was just, like, ah, I'm not doing this again. Like, I just... Nah, it's, it's too many years like I'm just kind of tired of doing it um you know and I think uh, you know like I, I should have done more competitions that were different and I did like you know just you know like every year when I would do a CA comps I would just do latte art I should have done cup tasters and then the last year that I competed um yeah I did way more I did brewers as well and I did cup tasters um and latte art um Oh, and Coffee and Good Spirits. Um, so, yeah, like, and I should have branched out sooner. Or at least don't cup Cup Tasters for fun. I don't know why when I was younger I thought, you know, maybe I, like, I'm not ready for that kind of, you know, competition. But, you know, Cup Tasters is just a one out of three. So anyone can do Cup Tasters. Like, <laughs> it's just, you don't even know how to, like, you don't even know, need to know, like, the difference of the cup. So I mean, like, does that make you good at tasting coffee? It's it does make you good at isolating um, something different, but even the drink could be just something else. You know, like you could just do a one out of three, like triangulation for anything. Um,
0: yeah, I like that take. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. yeah. Technically speaking, yeah, anybody could, hundred percent. And and in your words, you know, like you. You kind of decided to shift away from that um, university path that you built for yourself. Uh, what would you say? Kind of how important it is for people to sort of chase their, let's say, coffee dream? If but but they perhaps stuck in the good job or in the they invested in uni. You know, it, it's difficult because sometimes they're either stopped by family or society, or uh, you know, it's uh, coffee might not be yeah. the right career.
1: Yeah, I think that you should be realistic as well. I mean, I think making um, a change in the... Co- I mean, obviously, like, music is a very hard... Um, it's a hard industry, you know, um, mm-hmm. to to make money and, and to have, like, regular work. Um, and, I mean, right now, like, you know, buy, buy the albums that are coming on iTunes, man, because that's all that musicians can do. Um, but, you know... Like I think for me like I mean I still play, you know. I just I just didn't I think want to to do music professionally. Um it it didn't really seem right. Um and yeah, I I there was like more fastest coffee that I found more interesting. Um, although, you know, like what is it, twelve, thirteen years later, um you know I'll still pick up you know the guitar, I've got like a fun collection of amps, and it's uh it's still a passion yeah um, yeah I, yeah I mean but if it was like you know someone that was going to make the choice um, to leave like something substantial that that could set you up for the future, i mean I mean you can also do coffee as a hobby and then move into coffee like when when you're ready when you're set um and why wouldn't you because you know like if you do a nine-to-five job just sitting in a an office chair um you can always make coffee (laughs) Um, yeah you can always read about coffee you can always think about coffee you know like you can look at any aspect of coffee and also learn something about it um you know just you can also just go to barista hustle and
0: be good <laughs> you know, oh yeah, the losses, yeah, yeah. those, absolutely.
1: those will teach you things
0: so absolutely i yeah. think i think the colin Harman story is quite unique but yet because it happened it's not impossible and i think you're right i mean gotta be smart like i appreciate the fact that you know people gotta pay bills and mortgages and rent and whatever it be i think that as long as you don't as long as you don't abuse for too long of your own happiness, um, if you really dislike what you're doing, but you do want to just for money and you put yourself in a position where you might be able to turn that hobby and passion into, uh, you know, it'll be a big drop. But if you, you know, if, if done in a safe way, I suppose, obviously not, well, not, 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 just leave everything and go with yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's all I'm saying is that, um, yeah, 100%. you know, there's nothing wrong with chasing a dream, but also be, you know, realistic and ready. hundred percent. Because like, you don't want to, you know, chase a dream, fail, and then also be destitute, because that would, that would destroy any person. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I mean, there is like some lucrative money in hospitality, um, but at the same time, I mean, you don't have to work at a cafe to compete in, say, like a latte art right now. um Yeah. You know, you don't have to compete. You don't have to work in a cafe to do cup tasters. Yeah. You can just do it. Um, you, you think you're a good brewer? You can do brewer's cup, you know? 100%. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: For um, sure.
1: Just read the rules, though. you're <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't get the call of mine. <laughs> yeah, um, that's it. Vag is saying if you're a competitor, active or not, the amount of people that you inspire to actually put the hours and work what they like is huge um, let me just read this because it's a long story. Yeah, sure. if you are a competitor active
1: or not the amount of people that you inspire to actually put the hours and work in what they like is huge no. so you're saying that <laughs> if you're a competitor you,
0: not, you, you, you inspire to
1: the the people to put the work in is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah Vag, I'm uh, a little bit lost in translation too.
1: It's, it seems like you're saying both the competitor puts in the work and you inspire people to work harder, but then it also seems like it's, oh,
0: oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, and for people who are going to just listen to this, Vag just the fiber saying... You can inspire a lot of people if you're a coffee competitor mm-hmm. because then they can see. Yeah, I get it now. Because you inspire because you can, people can see the hours and work that you put in it, especially yeah. if you're in the coffee. Yeah. 100%. It depends. It depends because a lot of the time
1: you might not see that work. You know, um, if you put, I mean, some of the stuff that I'm working on, I'm pretty quiet about it. Um, and it's a lot of work. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'm. Still going to have to sum it up at like, you know, in 15 minutes, very complex material said simply. So you, you probably won't see like <laughs> how much work that is. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think that goes for a lot of competitors, like, you know, hours and hours of time. Um, I mean, also just learning the routines. Um, oh, don't worry about It's all good. Um, yeah, love you too. Um, so, you know, like, but Maybe maybe that looks daunting for um, people to do competition. Like, it's like, oh, I don't know. Um, well, you can know, but you just ask. Um, yeah. A lot of people are just like, oh, I feel like I'm asking a silly question. And it's like some of those questions bring up the best information. Um, you know, if you really want to be sure and you ask a very um, precise, accurate question, um, you know, the answer might just be, we don't know. Um, so go find out you know Yeah, then, then you've got something to, to check out if you're interested in that subject absolutely um yeah. and then, there's a lot of unknowns in coffee still so
0: oh, oh yeah and uh and i think that it's just a beautiful part of humans it's just that we know to not know, know uh, in the sense of we are ultimately always wrong because there's always going to be someone who's going to come and say hey well actually we can do it this way and that way and to see how coffee has evolved just in the past 10-15 years mm. you know it, it's, it's quite evolution is probably the wrong word but just to see some changes that have happened yeah. in the past It's, it's yeah
1: the progression is quick um oh, yeah. it, it depends where you are in the world but um i think the yeah like i mean obviously with COVID things that kind of slowing down but I, I think maybe also through COVID that people are taking more care in how they deliver and what what they do so I mean, yeah. it could also be a
0: positive 100% and uh, before we read uh, Janina's lovely question I'll ask you the ritual out of the box question halfway out Mark uh, out of the box um, here we go if you could... hey <laughs> here we
1: go mate
0: this is it this is it mate if it could, who would you like to have dinner with? And it can be anyone, doesn't have to be in the coffee game.
1: It does anyone that I would like to have <laughs> coffee with. I mean, sorry. Jeez. Okay, no, no. uh, um, I think at the moment, I don't even know if I can answer this. Like, I mean, I would, I could, it has to be an individual. Uh, but,
0: but no, but I'm, I'm I'm curious to what whoever
1: whatever it's fine. Oh man, I would I would kill to to go back to Australia and have a barbecue with with just mates. <laughs> but Absolutely, Dumb. like you know, good friends like Matt and Wookiee and you know, just like Prop Savage, Jack, uh, Michael yeah. Ryan, like old coffee professionals that have been around for a long time, and just sit
0: around and have a beer. <laughs> I think yeah. that's, that's the part is that, that well. I can resonate with because yeah, distance exactly. is, uh, is, I get you. I get you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your answer, for sure. And Yanina's asking, let me read that out loud for you. Okay, she's asking, do you think competition will still be a thing with so many people not even being able to see their families because of COVID and even coffee producers passing away from it? How can we find value? How can we find value in getting together to grow and also with the financial strain companies have gone through? So it's, uh, I think Do two questions. Two, yeah. two questions. Do you think competition will still be a thing?
1: Yes, I think it'll still be a thing. Um, it's the weird global unspoken hierarchy um, that exists. Um, so it'll probably still be around. COVID's not gonna last forever, so. You know, even if it comes back in some sort of limited form, um, and there will be a drive for it. Um, you know, it is about progression. So I, I think that's pretty likely. Um, of course, you know, if the SCA, the company itself, is afloat, they will have interest to push the competition. Um, and so it will it will happen. Um yeah, whether it's just like maybe there would just be like a national based competition in country only, and then you just get final ranks for the worlds based on national achievement or something. Um, that would be really difficult because you have to have a, a world accredited judge. But, you know, moving one person is much easier than moving 52 countries worth of teams. So, you know, mm-hmm. that would be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like that. Then the second questions with so many people not even being able to see their families because of COVID, and even coffee producers. Yeah, I mean, Brazil is one of the worst hit COVID zones in the world, and, and I was talking to Brazilian finished, partners uh, last night, and it's yeah,
0: it's very difficult. Um, yeah, and then she finished by saying that that we can't get together to brew, and, and also there is a financial strain that companies are going through. Hmm. Okay. So it's really three questions. So,
1: um, how can we find value in coming together to brew? I think you can always find value in coming together to brew. Um, you know, I I understand that, you know, Australia, um, particularly Victoria is in stage four lockdown. So, I mean, that is kind of difficult. Um, to just meet up. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't have discussion, um, if if that's what the, the real value is, because, you know, two people can have the same coffee and discuss it and, you know, not... Have, you could do it remote. Um, you can... Yeah, but then also, like, stage four lockdowns aren't going to be continuous for, for a year. Um, I don't think... Um, you know, in the Netherlands, we had like quite a heavy lockdown to begin with. And now we're reaping the benefits of such severe um, uh, restriction. And now because people are on holiday and they're moving around a bit more and the restrictions were getting a little bit lighter, um, it was like a light resurgence, and so um but the dutch government the way they do it is they have like a briefing every week and they make changes every week um those changes are law and you know that's it so if there's new information and um you know there's something going wrong um or something they have tried that isn't working they'll scrap it and they'll do something else that that is recommended um so yeah like mandatory masks outside in certain areas like where 1.5 minute distancing isn't available um, we can, are, are now mandatory um, and there's probably more interesting things to come, I'm sure but um, yeah, I think that, I mean it's not going to be forever you can still meet with people um, as for producers, yeah, I mean well uh, it's really difficult because we're talking about different, different country um, systems, um, we're talking about countries that aren't first world countries, a lot of cases. Um, and that makes it really challenging to, to say like, well, what about producers? Um, I mean, they, they'll probably be like, those countries will probably be leaning on a vaccine from the first world um, to, to, get, to get out. Um, Brazil, I, I honestly don't know what will happen. There's a lot of like socio-political problems in Brazil um, so, you know, like, I mean, that, that, that could just go either way. Um, then, I mean, we could talk about America, but, you know, I think everyone can see what how, how bad it is there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think a lot of people are doing the right thing. Absolutely. Um, but it doesn't account for the people that do the wrong thing. So, um, so yeah, like it, it's a big problem. And, but I don't think the value is lost you know, um, in, a, in, in talking about coffee, in enjoying coffee. Um, the real catalyst for a like total failure would be if um, global supply chain of coffee would collapse, and I don't, I don't think that will happen. Um, but if it did, that, that, that would be like, the, like a global catastrophe for
0: coffee. And this is probably where individuals' actions and consumer behaviors come in hand more and more. I think think we often forget that in a consumeristic world, the consumers drive the market. So if if all of a sudden more and more people are more conscious of what coffee uh, they buy and what companies and what ethos and values behind it, it's not going to necessarily revolutionize the world, but it will have a little bit of impact at origin.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because there's like, um, the markets are swinging in different directions. So like, for example, like our, we lifted into B2C much, much faster than it wasn't even really a market that we'd looked at. Um, And then, you know, then you're talking about an individual based um, sale and then that comes down to their sort of choice on what kind of quality and what kind of like ethics a company has to to buy coffee from them. And so, um, yeah, like, I mean, some companies will do well for B2C. They'll probably just like, I mean, a lot of web shops are doing really great over here. Um, whereas, oh, I mean, like, I mean, over here, you know, a lot of um, cafes and restaurants, bars are still open. So, you know, the, the wholesale decline is um, lesser um, than, say, you know, Australia. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it really depends. Like, I mean, I mean, each system, each country has a different – has had different impact. And, I mean, the strain on, on – definitely on Melbourne – I think will come to a head, um, which is going to be really sad because I think that you know maybe the last five years um, cafes in Melbourne, I think it was like a success rate in in first year opening of like two out of ten to to continue. Literally, yeah, Yeah. I had those Uh, numbers. Might might have been one out of ten by because it was so saturated, such a saturated market that. Although there were so many skilled people that could probably deliver a good product, um, there's just way too many cafes. Um, yeah. You know, go to like even out of suburb towns and there'd be like five cafes, 10 cafes in just one strip. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's going to be, that's going to mean that after COVID, there's going to be a lot of closure. Yeah. Which is really sad. But then on the opposite side, um, of COVID, you're going to have a, like, a boom of people that want to invest into something to build that, that community back. Um, yeah. Whether they're the same people is another question. Um, so, I mean, on one side, it's like really bad um, and it's really sad. And then the other side is like it's, a, um, it's an opportunity for, for maybe like people that Perhaps wouldn't have had um, uh, a chance um, coming coming into COVID. Yep. So um, yeah, I I mean, there's always a positive side. Um, you know, wear a mask. Do the right thing. Be good.
0: <laughs> That's but, it.
1: Um, Carry on. And, um, and yeah, it's hard, but you know.
0: And for reference to what you mentioned. Uh, the stats of 2018 were six out of ten shops used to shut in the first 12 months of trade, and two out of the four that survived would have shut within the following 12 months. Therefore, in two years' span, only 20% survived. Those were the numbers 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, that's 18, so, but then, like, you know, the, but, yeah.
1: the, you had an increase. Like, you know, it was 3,500 cafes in 2019. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: Interesting. So it's mm-hmm. interesting.
1: Like, uh, the city of, like, what? Five, how many people are in Melbourne? Five million people? Four and a half? About the, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Nearly five. You
1: have, have 3,500 cafes.
0: That's crazy. Woo! Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and, um, you know, and,
1: like, the, the whole thing of, like, a, a like a, a store selling T-shirts um, and apparel will have a coffee machine. You literally just buy it at a barber. Like... Barber <laughs> I shops? Go, yeah. Yeah, I go there, go, barbers, like, yep. coffee yep. everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. Like... um so that was just the cafes, right? That doesn't count for the other stuff. Hundred um, percent. We're not counting coffee machines. Yeah, you have restaurants, <laughs> bars, like you have like nightclubs that probably still have a coffee machine if you felt like a
0: a coffee. Oh, and some yeah, of those nightclubs yeah. or restaurants have actually good Great coffee. coffee. Yeah, exactly. I have seen amazing specialty coffee roasters in clubs and restaurants and all sorts of shops. So yeah, it's very interesting that we share a bit. Um, and, and kind of shifting the focus more on what you're doing, because I'm really interested to you more. Yeah. Um, if you could kind of give us a bit of a snapshot of, A, Manhattan, the values behind, the idea behind what you've been doing, uh, what's your goal, uh, but also what's kind of the uh, Netherlands coffee scene like, because I've never been.
1: Um, so Manhattan, I mean, we've got like a couple of pillars that we sort of do our stuff on. Um, it's like Roast, Inspire, Educate. Um so we roast good coffee. it's nice. I like it um we source it all ourselves we've got direct trade partners um legitimate direct trade partners um we fly stuff uh, out of panama um we work with like a um non profit organization that um works with uh specific brazilian uh communities um and they take all the risk in moving all of their coffee to europe and that's about as as you can get, um, and then those prices are, uh, my man. Um, and those prices are then negotiated with the farmer as well. So it's kind of like a um, the transport is free, and then um, the the rates that you pay are basically what you could negotiate at farmgate. So it takes away like FOB and stuff like that. Um, it's a it's a very unique company. Um, as for, you know, Manhattan, I mean, we're primarily actually just a web shop. We don't have a cafe. We don't have a retail point. Um, you can just buy it on the store, um, or contact us for for like wholesale stuff. Um, educating. I mean, in, in Rotterdam, we offer, um, mandatory (laughs) offer. It's mandatory, um, (laughs) education, um, because I think, um, Here, here. I think like a lot of roasteries will just happily sell coffee to um to to any business, and um, then they would hire just someone that's a barista, and that would be the end of it. But um, because on the whole, there's probably more more coffee uh, coffee serving businesses than there are well trained baristas. I mean that means that that these businesses require more training to to get their staff up to speed to make high quality mm-hmm. espresso and um, at least here I want um, our yeah absolutely mate <laughs> um, at least here I want I want to have like a quality of standards so that people can can enjoy our coffee and also the people that make it can, can enjoy making it um, and we all obviously always. Um, Will be open to to uh, our clients like being interested in more information. Um, we can give it. There's a plethora of things you can learn about coffee, about the coffees that we sell. Um, the Dutch market is, uh, I mean, it's challenging. I think there's it's changed a lot. Um, it's definitely changed a lot since I got here um, the first time. Oh, first time I was here, I think this was 2016, um, and back then. Um, Yeah, it was very, very different, very, very old school. Um, There were a few few companies that were doing like a little bit more advanced stuff. Um, I mean, of course, it's very hard to say that. You know, like say that really because I I think that probably applies to a lot of the world um, outside of Melbourne or uh, Australia, um, because um, it's very different and it's very high. It's a very high speed market. Um, so people are always working on new methodology and, um, ways to improve coffee, um, in Australia all the time. Um, and it's, it's hugely competitive. Um, whereas I think Holland's, there's probably like less market for sale, but there's also quite a lot of groceries. Um, so, I mean, one of the things that I was really interested in when we started our business was to look at. Um, more, more focusing on global sale um, and and out of country sale because um, there was no way we we're going to pick up like a huge chunk of the Dutch market. And uh, yeah,
0: I mean, if you have anything specific you want to know about, it, no, no, that, no, that's great. It just it just paints the picture. I think you know I, I've I've drank your coffee several times across the last year and a bay. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Big, the, shout out to, me, like. <laughs> yeah. Big shout out to Big shout out to Little Rogue and Shambles, because they always offer international roasters. Yeah, and and, 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 really and to, yeah, Leo know, is same Leo too. is a legend. Yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then all the crew, really, yeah. really good people. And then the, and I think it's it's pretty cool that you know it's something that coffee is almost like you know by default we we don't have too much of this. A global aspect in terms of, um, like, you know, let's say the wine industry, because once the wine is in a bottle, you know, they ship pallets of it, and it's the same wine in whatever country you're going to drink it, because you're just going to open it. I mean, there's probably a very small percentage of degree of, you know, cork or whatever that could have a slight variation. But coffee, is wouldn't so many to other like,
1: a, it wouldn't apply to, like, a twist-up bottle, so.
0: Hmm. Exactly. Coffee instead is just well, I don't need to explain it, but obviously between water, machinery and skills and age. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I appreciate the fact that you are have this, a bit of more of a visionary aspect in terms of like, yeah, let's go a little bit more instead of selling mm-hmm. just in the Netherlands, let's go global. And we would like yeah. for more people to enjoy the coffee. I really appreciate that. The, um, that's the reason why we don't have brew methodology
1: on our bags, because um, water is the biggest problem. I cannot, I cannot give you a, a copy. Will taste like something if the water is different. Um, and even in Holland, like the uh, Holland has two hundred and twenty-three reservoirs for the country, and Rotterdam alone it has four, and they're all different. So that means that means custom, um, like a customized system, and like each individual customer might have. A different um, requirement from like maybe a solids filter to like, yeah, like a natrium charge filter, like a Brita filter or a BWT, or like maybe they would just work differently for a different place. So, yeah, like, I mean, it's very hard to predict the outcome of our coffee. So when people are like, oh, your taste notes are bang on. I'm like, well, I don't know that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't, you know, you know? Like, where are you? San Francisco? Okay. Well, I, I have no idea. Like,
0: <laughs> I appreciate the sincerity and the honesty. I like, I like that. I think I think it's super. It's true. It is. Where like, well, I know, around the
1: bush, It is true. It's just like that is your biggest factor for the, the, the final outcome of the taste of the coffee. If you just do the same methodology for everything then that will be your and and always use the same coffee then that will be
0: the uh the the driver for the outcome and i didn't need to be maxwell colonna to notice that when my Brita filter which is just simple standard home filter jug you know the filter was off and for a couple of days i had to go by tap water I, you know it, yeah huge difference so it was, it's, it's interesting for sure but um veg is actually asking uh, You
1: filter your Melbourne water. Isn't your water at like 40 ppm already? Why would you need to filter
0: it? Because I like it better. I don't know. I don't know. It's just even the taste of it. Like I'm used to very little chlorine within just when I drink water. Um, Because where I'm from, we don't taste chlorine back in the mountains. And it's like when I came to big cities, it was like, oh, chlorine. What what is this? It tastes like... There there is a lot of...
1: There's a lot of fluoride and chlorides in um, Melbourne water, but I think that you experience them more probably because it's so soft. Yeah. Um, Because there's a lot of nothing as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Interesting interesting water there. Yeah. And Fag, because I'm very wary of time, I'll squeeze this one through last because I got my last question for you. Who is your biggest inspiration in coffee and life, Ben? Coffee and life.
1: No, I, I don't know. Um, probably the people that I worked with between like two thousand and ten and two thousand and sixteen, I think. Um, you know, that's that's a lot of great, amazing coffee professionals that have really good insights. Um, I don't know if they're like full inspiration for life stuff, but, um, I think that that period, I probably learned more about coffee roasting. Oh, not coffee roasting, like coffee in general from, and, and making coffee better. Um, you know, I could, I could name them, um, but they know who they are. So, um, but that period of time is kind of like, I think I was very lucky to work with such committed um, knowledgeable humans
0: that that, that that are also great friends so, yeah. that 's good yeah. yeah that's that's really nice but um, um, and and I think it 's important to have those connections because ultimately coffee and we skipped the whole part of that uh, kind of questions I had because coffee is made out of people, and the the connection that you make through coffees is just so valuable and You know, you meet those inspiring people, and uh, yeah, um, you know, every time that you have
1: a coffee, someone had to like pick that coffee, like someone had to process it, someone had to like sell it. I mean, the selling part is probably the hard part. You know, like doesn't matter like how good you are at processing if you have no buyer, there's no point. Um, uh, And I'm really lucky in the sense that with Manhattan, we 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 know a lot of the producers by face and name, and good friends with a lot of them um and so yeah that's really that's really cool um and for the ones that we we don't have that relationship with um i've worked with them in a competition or professional um sort of like capacity in the past and so i know their products and you know like you don't have to have like a personal relationship with everyone um you know like some of these farmers have like 80 hectare farms and they got, they got shit to do, man. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to have me if I could go. But, um, you know, I am the roaster. I am 50% of the business as well. Esther is the other 50%. And that means that our time is like quite limited. Um, so, you know, even just getting away to, to do a prod, a project coffee at origin is, um, can be detrimental if we spend too much time away. So um, whenever I fly um, into to any of our specialised projects, um, then it's probably only for a week. Um, I might be able to push it to two weeks, but then it gets like quite difficult. Um, yeah. Yeah, makes so sense. I can't, I can't. I can't predict the big weeks. You know. <laughs> I, I mean, I nope. try, but you know, not yep. every time.
0: Uh, ben thank you like for, for popping by it was such a pleasure and time flew uh, we got probably about four minutes left and really really appreciative and grateful to have uh, shared this chat and hear your stories and insights and I'll, I'll shoot you later a quick message but uh, yeah. if you could leave us um, with a bit of your I guess final word in terms of your coffee mission and what's what's next for you we don't have too much time but you can leave mm-hmm. us with a little bit of uh, I mean, uh, not the top secret stuff.
1: Yeah, I can't really talk about that. that. That, don't uh, worry.
0: Cool. No, I don't know
1: if you know anything about that. But um, good things are coming. Things that will change everything. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say just like keep, keep going strong. I know these times are really hard. You can do it. Um, just dig deep and keep drinking coffee. Um, if you if you're out there and you want to learn more about coffee, go and like you know read about it. There's um a million ways to get information, um, and you know the phone you're watching on is a pretty good start. <laughs> you know to to learn something, you know, and you don't have to, you know, simply focus on competitors and what they've said in the past. Of course, all of that information is always changing all the time. Because of the progression of time, we might learn something that we think is valuable in the past, um, and then realize later, well, there's actually another aspect to that that determines the outcome, and so this is only one piece of the puzzle. So, you know, you can always just like keep diving and keep learning. Um, you know, I told myself you can do it too.
0: Thank you. I think I can't top that off. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I think uh, living on that note, it's perfect in terms of exploring. So yeah, th- th- thank you, Heapsman. Maybe we could do a little Manhattan Roaster tour, virtual tour, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, um, I was planning to be at the Roastery, um, but I slept in because it was so hot last night. That's fine. Maybe <laughs> in a I couple of asleep. months. Wait. <laughs> yeah, <that's- laughs> It was really, really hot yesterday and then I just fell yeah. asleep. <laughs> so I made a lot of nah, a and I'm like, snooze.
0: <laughs> no, that, that, yeah. that's good. I think maybe in a couple of months when it's autumn and no longer full on heat. Just,
1: I can probably just send you like a quick walkthrough video and you can just throw it up if you like. Sure. Yes, yeah,
0: 100%. percent you no
1: Yeah. See you later, mate.
0: Thanks, buddy. Close. Bye. <laughs> Ciao. Uh, there you have it, guys. Um... We just finished We were wrapping things up. I think we were about sixty seconds. I'm Very thankful that we had a chance to talk to Ben. Um, I, I am very grateful myself. We, you know, we we keep doing these live streams and podcasts to add value to people, but was a, in a selfish way. I'm adding value to myself because every person that comes as as a story has an insight, has values to to add and to to take. Something out of it and away from it, digest it, process it, Do a little bit like coffee, but with knowledge. And uh, it's inspiring uh, to see all different stories. And I think that Ben has a very, very unique story when it comes to uh, you know moving overseas and doing all the things that he's done. So, if you're new, I really appreciate that you've been here uh, all this time. Uh, please uh, share this. Uh, take a screenshot, share the stories on your Instagram stories or whatever social media platform. If you listen to the podcast, uh, you can do the same. Take a screenshot of the podcast and just uh, uh, upload it and uh, share it with people. Um, Otherwise, a big shout out to, uh, I mean, Jules from Brew Methods, Janina, and Ben is still here, obviously. But, you know, Tanti, we got Jesse, you know, Coffee Diaries, we got Andre, Vag, Andre. Glenn, good to see you, Abu, Mark, Javi and everyone else who tuned in uh, in the past hour. I really appreciate you all. I'm super grateful for all of you and um, just keep safe, stay safe, stay warm if you're in winter, stay cool if you're in summer and I'll see you next week. We've got another three episodes lined up as per usual. I'm pretty sure it's going to be another Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's how I usually try to keep them and lock them in. And I got more and more to come, so don't worry. Uh, today was episode sixty-five. Uh, we're gonna keep going until until we can. Um, the timer started, so I would love Olivia. Thank you very much. And uh, if you haven't done it yet, this is my last twenty seconds. Um, share your first sip of coffee when you have it in the morning. Um, just tag Coffee Fixation or Jared Truby, whoever, and just say, "Hey, hashtag first sip." It's just be a real fun, and it creates. Uh, Uh, creates community and family that's the goal so yeah take it easy